You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, hey, Jason Nelkin, our editor's here. What's up, guys? Jason Nelkin here, the editor. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> it's good to see you. Good to see you, man. It's always a pleasure to come in and record these. I called the you this studio. morning and I said, Jason, where are you going? I go, oh, shit, man. I, uh... I was up late. I had a friend's birthday uh, last night. And yeah. incidentally, I have another friend's birthday tonight. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. That's my gathering. It's not on my actual birthday. Right. But it'll be fun. It's a birthday event. Yeah. Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. I love, you know, I love Olive Garden. I love Buca de Beppo. Oh, I love those. You know, my buddy James Gunn was making fun of me. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's fun. I it like the fun. food. I like I like the food. I like the the camaraderie, not camaraderie, the uh what's the the, the, the family. Uh, the fa- it's a family atmosphere. It's That's fun. Right. It's light. We've got the back room. Georgina and Amy, thank you for hooking me up at the back room. I also took my grandmother there for her 95th in Florida. We had the Buka room. And it was a blast, man. It was just fun. Like it's not too stuffy. You know, it's not like, oh, I'll have the cream le chiffon. I Everybody knows up. what they want. Yeah, man. It's like I want some spaghetti and meatballs, some garlic bread, a big salad with extra olives, a large soda. I'm trying to ease off the sodas, though. Yeah, it's tough. It's just like Mama used to make. Yeah, just like Mama used to make. Buki de Beppo, just like Mama used to make. That's right. Just like Mama. Uh, great show for you today. Um, first, a few things. The Inside of You online store, we've got one of these cool uh, Smallville busts of Lex Luthor available and a bunch of other stuff. Go to the Inside of You online store. Lexmas script signed by me, tumblers, uh, Lex Luthor Funko Pops. There's some There's some more Lex statues and a bunch of Inside of You stuff. So check that out, Inside of You online store. Um, what else? The handles are at Inside of You podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter's Inside of You pod. So follow us. It really helps the podcast when you listen, not only, but you uh, write a review and subscribe and tell your friends. We're, we've, we've been hanging around here, Jason. This little podcast has been hanging around and, you know, it's been a good year. Um, you know, a lot of slow years, man, of like, geez, should I be doing this? But uh, it's been picking up a little. I hope it continues. And um, I really sincerely thank everybody for listening. If you want to contribute, uh, patron. Join Patreon, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash inside of you. Become a patron today. I'll send you a message. Top tiers, get a bunch. There's a lot of perks. I send boxes and I, you know, I write little notes and it's become a nice family. And uh, if you're a patron listening, by the way, my buddy Robert Brandenburg, uh, Brandenburg is a patron and uh, he's got a coffee shop. And his mom had passed away, and he opened a coffee shop. So he's been having some tough times. So if anybody wants to, fellow patrons, go to, um, you know, message him maybe. And um, Brandenburg, Brandon, did I say it wrong? Brandenburg. Maybe? I think it's Robert Brandenburg. Oh, if no. I screw that up, I'm sorry. I don't know where my mind is today, but uh, it's called Peggy Peg's Coffee Shop or Peggy's. I got to remember now. I'm blank, but I'm, I'm giving you credit. My patrons will all look it up. It's in. Um, yeah, it's it's a great place and the great coffee. He sent me some coffee before. Um, so patron. Also, Tom and I will be uh, in Montreal this weekend. We're doing a Smallville Nights. Kristen Krug's going to be there. Some other cast members. It's going to be a blast in Montreal. If you're close in the area, in the vicinity, Sunspin, the new vinyl is out. Sunspin.com. It's autographed. There's only like 100 available, and we've sold a shit ton already. Get them. They're awesome. We're so pumped. Jason, are you going to be close to Montreal? Montreal, not this weekend, my friend. Damn. Do you know there was a place called Dildo, Newfoundland? That's wild. 
Yeah. Different language, though. Mm-hmm. So maybe it means something different to that. Carrie Fisher once sent me a postcard and says, greetings from Dildo. Love, Carrie. That's amazing. It was amazing. I have it. I kept it. I kept a few things that she gave me over the years. Also, do you listen uh, to my podcast on Stitcher? I got bad news. Stitcher's going away on August 29th. So go to another app, please, and listen. Listen at an, in another app. Look for us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Stitcher's going bye-bye. Great guest, Sean Williams Scott. Uh, look, I don't know if you know this, but Sean is in, an absolute gem. Such a good dude. Um, he's got a new movie, The Wrath of Becky. It's it's a revenge movie. It's a bloodbath. It's fun. It's intense. Uh, I, I think everybody should see it. Uh, Lulu Wilson's in it. <clears throat> And I also think Sean produced that. I also love the movie Goon, which we talked about. He did Goon 2 as well. Uh, love Goon. Uh, American Pie we talk about. We talk about life. We talk about a little depression. I appreciate everybody listening. And uh, let's, you know what, Jason? Let's, I think we should get into this. Let's get into it. Let's get inside of Sean William Scott. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You. Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. What's well, it good to see you, man? Now I, I don't, you know, I we met. I know we've met a couple times, but like, I've how been, long? How long? I've been thinking the same thing. It's like I know we've met, but um, I was like. When and it was definitely a long time ago. Um, yeah, so probably. Yeah, it probably had something to do with either the WB, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Warner Brothers, WB, CW, yeah. or something. But back in the day, I was probably <laughs> doing Smallville. I think you were doing Happily Ever After or something. You did an episode or something. Did you? Yeah, but th- wait, that's when we met. That was like I'm, 25 years ago, dude. I'm, t- I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I that remember was my best work, by the way, on Happily Ever After, dude. You should see some of my work on Zoe Duncan, Jack, and Jane. That was some work <laughs> or the Tom Arnold show that really did it. Now, look, I'm very grateful and it was awesome, but I look back and I was just talking to Vincent D'Onofrio name drop. And I was just talking to him about this. And he was like, he was looking at some of his old work and he was like, what this fucking idiot. Look at you. Look at him. Just like in this interviews all over the place. He's like, who are you? It's the, ugh. And I'm like, well, that's who you were then. He's like, I know, I know, but Wait, is he so he's he like will watch he still watches old stuff and just get down on himself? <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio by himself in his house just watching old clips of himself? I can't imagine three that. TV screens, just like it, everything's just playing out a loop from all of his old work. He's like, Fuck, you suck there, you suck there. <laughs> what were you doing, dummy? <laughs> <laughs> and intensely, intensely. Yeah. Now, what do you what because I I was doing my impression of him on um law and order criminal intent and he's just he's freaking unbelievable like he brings it i remember watching it and going i was just going through channels like oh i like vincent d'onofrio what's this oh it's law and order and then you hear him go um yesterday you there was this thing you were uh, that's so good and he was doing this thing and i'm like oh my god i can't stop watching him and then he That's talks. Awesome. Yeah. That was a really good impression of him. That was awesome. It was kind of like I fluctuate because it's a little Malkovich too. No, what you couldn't know, Sean William Scott, is that you know he does this thing. I do it all the time. People are probably like, "Shut the fuck up and talk to Sean William." Jesus. 
Um, thanks for being here, man. Man, thanks for having me on. This is great. I, I've wanted you on this for a long time. You were one of those guys that always made me laugh and just I'm happy for your success, but I, I have to be honest, I was envious, jealous. I was going up for a lot of the roles. Dude, where's my car and all this shit? And you got it. And I was like, God, he's better looking. That's why. That's he's not true. A- and by the way, you would have been way better at all. I didn't I had no idea. I you know how it is. It's like you just focus on just trying to get a job and then you know you get it and you just do the best you can. You forget about like all the other actors who would have been way better <laughs> playing the part. But no, um, no, no. You the thing is with you is you commit. You you like go for it. Balls out whatever you're doing. And what I love is like, and I, and I want to talk about this is the wrath of Becky, which, you know, you're promoting. And a lot of times I always tell the guests, I'm like, sometimes I'm, I, I don't even want to talk about it. Cause I'm like, I didn't like something or I, I'm, it's hard for me to be honest, you know, or hard, hard for me to lie, but, um, or I'll do it in a very cool way where it, it doesn't come across. So I'll be like, Oh man, this is like, but this, I couldn't stop watching to the point where I, I was like writing down things that really cracked me up and were That's dark great, as shit. This yeah, is it's fucking dark, man. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I'm really, it is one of those rare movies for, I'm actually like excited and proud to talk about it, but I, I was going to say, by the way, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so grateful that you liked it because it would be awkward. <laughs> I know, I know what it's like. Cause I, um, I remember a story. Um, I was at a premiere. I, I can't, I, I don't want to say the movie just because of people that were in it and I want yeah, to yeah. be bummed, but um, it was at the man theater in Hollywood and, um, it was so bad. The movies, I'm in it. And the movie's so bad. I had my family in town for it. Oh boy. Um, and then, and it's just like the energy in the theater was terrible. Mm-hmm. You could just tell everybody was embarrassed or, um, ashamed, um, they, <laughs> oh, you know, they felt sad for me, <laughs> but then afterwards, the worst part, um, is at the party. People didn't know what to say. So you really know when somebody genuinely didn't like your movie is when they usually say like, it looked like you had a lot of fun making it. Oh, or, yeah. or, or if they go like, so what do you have up coming up next? You know? Yeah. So I'm glad I'm, this makes it less awkward for both of us that yeah. you actually like the movie. Well, I call it fun comfortable. That's what we call it. What's but, that? Uh, we, I call it fun comfortable. <laughs> That's kind of like, you know, it's like it's I've been in those situations and I've told this story, but it, Ryan knows it. He always looks at me and goes, uh, uh-huh, yeah, my Brian's here. Um, but I did this one movie and my buddy Dak Shepard came to the movie and he's in the screening and uh, I had to sit with some other. No. Yeah. He was sitting like four people over from me and I had to sit with somebody else. And he texts me in the middle of the movie and I was looking at my phone because I wasn't that interested really in the movie. And he says, but. This movie's so bad, I can't believe I'm not in it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I've done a lot of fun, comfortable movies, by the way. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's part of the course. And you know what's kind of sad? There's a sad element because when you're a kid or a teenager or aspiring actor, you're like, I just want to work. I want to do something. I don't, you don't care about fame as much or about success of the, of, of a movie or a show. You're just like, I just want to work. I want to be a working actor. And then you do a project and it's not enough. It's not enough that you made a movie yeah. and you got paid for it and it actually was in a theater or on, on screen. But now you're thinking, oh, it didn't do well. So that's not good. Or, or I wasn't 
good or sad. It's like all these exterior, these things that you can't control when the kid inside of you just wants to go, I'm in a movie, but you're thinking, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? Have you, did you have any problems with that growing up? Like when you first got your first, I mean, you've been through it. You've done commercials. You worked at, where did you work? You worked at the home Depot. You worked yeah, at the LA I, zoo. I, I had a bunch of like odd jobs. I mean, but to be honest, like I was, you know, obviously so lucky because, um, moved out to LA when I was about 18. And then, I, I mean, it was about three years later that I got American pie. So it was obviously like winning the lottery. And then, but I think to be honest, like even, you know, every, every project that I was lucky enough to do, even when there were stinkers, I was always, you know, so on one hand, you're like, Hey, I can't believe I got a chance to make a movie. It sucks. The movie's garbage. <laughs> but like, but I, I always, I never lost perspective. There was always, you know, so there's that, but then there's also the fear, like, how is this going to damage me? Like, am I going to get another opportunity? So, so I never, I, I, I think I always had that kind of like little kid excitement. I still do where it's like, I can't believe I still get a chance to do this, but for sure, um, man, it's painful when they're bad. The little part of you dies inside. Or how about the, <laughs> but what about the movies that you watch and you go, I think this is kind of funny or I think I'm kind of good. And then, but you don't ever receive that. You're not, the reviews <laughs> are bad. No one wants yeah. to talk about it. And you're like, I did a movie called sorority boys. And I was like, I'm proud of that movie. It was, I thought it was really funny. And my <laughs> uncle who hates everything and he liked it. But it wasn't. My it uncle was, likes it. Why doesn't everybody else like it? Yeah. No, I know. There's a couple of those um, that I've done where, yeah. Then you have to walk away and like, I think it's pretty good. Nobody watched it. Like apparently, like what does that say about me? I think it's good. Everybody else thinks it's kind of bad. Yeah, you start to question yeah. yourself. I mean, what you say? You start asking questions. You start questioning yourself. You're like, am yeah. I that good? Maybe I'm not that good. Have you ever done something where you, you watch it and you're like, I'm fucking great. In your head, you're like, I'm fucking, you wouldn't say it out loud, except for you're like your girlfriend, your wife, or your best friend, but I'm fucking good in this. And I feel good about this. And then no one's giving you the praise that you go, I deserve, are you fucking kidding me? Did anybody I've see this? Apparently, if you never had that? No, I'm too hard on myself. I, yeah, I, I have a hard, I think in the beginning of my career, it was just, you know, it was more um, like, you know, sitting in the theater and, and, trying to figure out like what worked, you know, in the comedies, like what improv worked. And, and then when it did work, it, um, you know, it was really rewarding. Most of the time from the beginning until now, it's like, I'm, I'm really hard on myself. I usually, yeah, I've never, I wish I could, I wish that I could watch something and be like, yeah, good job, Sean. I've never been like, you're fucking great. See, Sean. now you make me feel like an asshole. No, 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 that's oh, just no. me. I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, look, I, it's not like everything I do I go, I'm fucking awesome. I'm awesome. I should be working more. I'm fucking great. I'm saying, look, I'm like, here's if I had to watch my resume, I'd go, eh? <laughs> I'm like, ha ha, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. That that's kind of like, that's you mean. know, sort of that's the through line. Yeah. Well, that and that's okay. It's healthy, but it's also, I think, probably healthy to go, hey. You know, you're good. You're good. You did. That's the part you played yeah. and you played it the best that it could be played. You did. That's well. how I think. Inside of you is brought to you by rocket money. 
I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. <laughs> I, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside even when things are bad i'm like i did the best that i could but by the way it would be such a great character i'm sure maybe it's somebody who already created it but the that's i'm the fucking great guy who's every he's like i was fucking i'm fucking awesome i'm hey i'm fucking awesome like just i'd love to see 
that character. It seems like yeah. it's almost like Ben Affleck in, in, in Dazed and Confused without saying that. Yes. He was sort of that guy who's like, yeah, fucking, yeah, fucking awesome. I'm fucking this, you know, and nobody wanted to hang out with that guy. (laughs) Nobody wants to hang out with a guy who thinks he's great at everything. You know what I mean? Just be great. And if people see it, then just be humble about it. You know, go home and go, fuck, yes. You know, I think that's the way. Celebrate Um, yourself in privacy and private, right? Do you, do you, uh, do you ever get so, cause you don't like watching yourself. Do you ever get depressed or have you been depressed from something not doing as well as you thought you worked so hard in a movie or a TV show or whatever, and you get depressed for like a long period of time and you're like, yeah, I don't know how to get out of it. And what do you do about it? Like no, it really affects you. I think you. that I've always had a pretty good idea before, you know, you kind of get a, you know, if, if you're paying attention, even when you're making it, you you kind of have an idea of like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I have low expectations for this. So I, I haven't had that experience probably just because I, I feel like I've had a pretty good idea before something's come out, whether it kind of works or not. Um, right. No, I, I <laughs> no. mean, there's certainly been some movies where like, well, I mean, that movie that I was telling you about at the, at the premiere, I remember my brother came up to me at the, at the after party and he's like dude why did you make that movie it fucking sucked oh, it's like, i took time off of work to come for this i can't get that time back and i was like fuck you dude how many movies have you made that's what i was gonna say hey, fuck <laughs> you brother what kind of yeah. brother are you anyway asshole yeah but he was right it was terrible it was a terrible movie but you know i i can't like I, I look at you, like I wasn't popular at all in high school as a nerd. I talk about it ad nauseum, but like I look and I see that you know you played football, you played sports. You're pretty, you're pretty popular, right? For the most part, I was like I wasn't like the cool guy, but I was I had a lot of great friends. Yeah, right. So you think with some success in high school, whatever sports, this and that, and you got some confidence. You know, people tend to. Um, you, you know, you could fall into that like cocky asshole and I never have heard anything bad about you. Like it's always, he's such a really good guy. He's a nice guy. He's like, That's you, know, awesome. you know, I always hear that. And so yeah. is, is that in, something that's embedded in you when you're growing up? Is it something that your parents, you give credit to your parents for raising you? What was that like growing up? Yeah. My, you know, the funny thing is, is like, also I grew up in Minnesota and I've always said like, you know, the biggest asshole in Minnesota is one of the nicest people you've ever met. Like people are just really nice there, but um, for the most part, there's some dicks, I'm sure. But um, Nick Swartzen, Nick Swartzen, he's a fucking dick. No, I'm kidding. I love him. He's one of my buddies. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, my parents, I mean, my mom is so, so nice. I've always said she's like the most selfless, you know, amazing person so they yeah i was really lucky to have great parents and um i think that's it and also thinking with again it's like with what we get to do um you know i it's i became an actor because i just love movies it was literally that i actually have another so i'm I'm the youngest of seven half brothers and sisters it was like the brady bunch and like um i actually have a different brother who was the actor of the family so he's probably like really secretly angry with me because I've chose to do this and I've had a chance to do it, but he's, he's actually been supportive, but um, why did I bring that? Oh yeah. Why did I bring that up? Because you're, I was talking about how, you know, your parents were real, you know, your mom was really good, you know, growing up and what Ryan. Yeah. Fucking, sorry, but I yeah. completely. Ryan. Oh, you're going to talk about uh, watching movies. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thing. Watch you love movies. Thank you, Ryan, That's for right. listening. Man. Wow. What's wrong with me? Um, 
uh, I need somebody like that, you know, like off camera all the time just to help me when I'm like forgetting shit. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go, Ryan, he's not even in the house. He's like not working. (laughs) I need you. What was I thinking? Ryan, what am I thinking about? I don't know. I'm not there. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, But go ahead. ahead. Um, You watch movies. I I love movies. My, my, um, and, and like the, what drove me to pursue acting was literally just like, I want to make people feel the same way that I feel when I see a great movie. It was, and I was obviously very naive, had no experience other than just being a crazy movie fan. So then when it happened for me, um, it was just like, I, I, I've never, I, I have always known how lucky I am. And in fact, like I've always wanted to give back even more just cause I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this. So I think that also, you know, I wanted to make sure that people I've worked with knew that because, you know, there's a lot of dicks out there and a lot yeah. of people who like lose perspective and they don't understand how lucky we are to go and make a movie. Yeah. You know, so. you know, you remind me of like the essence because I, I worked with him and I think he's like, he's just a great dude and he's a big movie star and he never makes you feel like you're any lesser than him is Chris Pratt. Oh, that's Chris a great Pratt. Guy. But I could look, I'm looking at you why I'm like, oh, he could have been like uh Star Lord in, in the Guardians. I bet you tested for that. I tested for it. I wasn't handsome enough, but like I did. you didn't test for it. You would have yeah, you would have been great too. He was great, but I could see you te- like testing for something like that. That would be, yeah. That's I've never met Chris, but um that's a huge compliment. I appreciate it. Uh yeah. Um, somebody actually asked me a question about. <laughs> about the only audition I ever had for a comic book movie. And it literally, I think it was Spider-Man, but it wasn't for Spider-Man. It was like, I don't remember. It was, it was a smaller part. It was a long time ago. And I literally just walked in and, and they, they saw me and they're like, thank you so much for coming. Really appreciate it. I'm like, I didn't even get a chance to sit down. dude. It, that was it. That was my audition. I was like, cool. Thank you so much, I guess. <laughs> that was my that was my superhero audition do you do you ever um do you let things go do you i'm you probably don't audition a ton now but like when you did audition did you get do you get nervous in auditions do you do you get nervous oh, on set nervous. are you nervous on set for the first few takes do you like when you until you get into the rhythm or you, you feel that the pressure definitely auditioning man it was like i was a t- oh, it's funny like 98 percent of the auditions i was just awful and but it was the like the darker roles um early on where i did better and i got closer to getting those parts but but i always had that kind of athlete's mentality where i was like all right if you do the best that you can then you know that's all that matters so i i think that i felt less rejection that way it was like did i do it did i do the best i could you know but a lot of it too was also just the stress of even getting to auditions because i didn't have a car so i was taking buses everywhere you know, like some, trying to figure out the bus routes and stuff like that. So by the time I got to the audition, I didn't even give a shit about the audition. I was starting to stress out about how to get home. <laughs> but, but yeah, I get nervous. I get nervous every day in a set. Like it, it the actual like process of making a movie for me is so stressful. Um, yeah, me too. Because I want to feel like I did everything I could. And I'm just so relieved by the time that I'm done because I'm like, all right, I did, I did everything I could. And, um, Sometimes, obviously, it's enjoyable when things are working or if you're doing a comedy and like some of the improv works. But no, I get I get pretty nervous before every day. It's funny you say that about serious parts where you were like doing really well with those those auditions. And uh, for me, you know, I was doing all these comedies and this and that. And I did this little part in this 
Clint Eastwood movie and, you know, people recognized not nobody in public recognized me, but I'm saying like agents or managers and things like that were like, just for my little seven minute scene, they're like, Oh, this, maybe he's an actor. And, um, I didn't audition for many serious roles. They just, cause they, they saw me and met me and they're like, Oh, he's funny. He's outgoing. He's a, he's going to be that guy. And yeah. it really wasn't until I auditioned for the Lex Luthor part that they started to see me in a different light. They're like, wait a minute. And for me, I always say drama is a lot easier for me, even though I love comedy and I love doing it. I feel like I, 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 you know, I'm not terrible at it, but I, you know, but I did seven years of that. And then of course they think you as, Oh, he's the serious guy. And then you have have to be funny again. And it's like the cyclical fucking thing. But I know what it's like. Um, I put so much pressure on myself and I'm guessing that's what you do is you want to be great. You want everybody to like you. You want everybody to say, Hey, he's doing the job. He's nailing the part. Um, and I think that's a good quality to have, but, you know, for me, it became a little debilitating at times because I would just, it's too much. I'm thinking about it too much. I'm stressing about it too much. And, uh, did did it get that bad for you or or can you let it go? Yeah. I think that's just my process. And I'm sure a lot like yourself, like there's a lot of, you know, other actors, that's, that's how it's just, you just have to accept this is what, what drives me. And I think, um, like, especially for comedies too, because it, you know, I never really, set out to do comedies and I never, I have a good sense of humor. I like to laugh. My family, I mean, you grew up in Minnesota. Like you have to have a good sense of humor. It's cold as shit up there. Like, um, great place to grow up, but it is cold. And, but I think that with comedies, especially cause I would like to improvise and I would, you know, go to the set, you know, in some of these comedies and have a bunch of different ideas. And then those ideas would, you know, create like other ideas. And so, and then the pressure of being like, you know, this is a movie. I I want, I just know I can't have any regrets. I can't walk away feeling like I could have done better. I could have, I should have, you know, trusted myself and done like this idea. It's, uh, yeah, I realized that's, that's just kind of how it's going to be for me, you know? And then afterwards, and especially when it works, then you're like, you know, I remember in the beginning, like with American pies and some of the other comedies when it works and you're sitting in a theater and you're hearing people laugh at it, it's like, Oh, it was worth the stress. Yeah. It was all, it was worth the, you know, the self portrait. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. 
and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Um, and back to, to uh, the movie, The Wrath of Becky. I, I just want like this movie, uh, I, I want you guys to watch this. I would not tell you to watch something unless you know how critical I am on horror movies, how I always say there's no fucking horror movies. Um, <laughs> this is I'll just give you a quick synopsis. Then I want to talk about it. But two years after she escaped a violent attack on her family, Becky attempts to rebuild her life in the care of an older woman, a kindred spirit named Elena. But when a group known as the Noblemen break into their home, attack them, and take her beloved dog, Diego. Becky must return to her old ways to protect herself and her loved ones. Lulu Wilson is genius. You're genius. The whole cast is genius. It's like, you know, when you mix comedy and horror, it, you're walking a really, it's a thin line. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. it could be too. I was just talking to your publicist, Camelia, who's awesome. And I was just saying, you know, that, you know, sometimes you get these guys that are just, they just want to make it funny and make, and be goofy and it takes you out. And this yeah. didn't, it never took me out of the movie, man. That's awesome. It was Thank like, you. yeah, it was like those three guys and the old guy, they have these conversations, but when they get brutal, it's dark. It is fucking dark. And you're like, yes, stay there, stay there. And your yeah. character, I haven't seen you play a character like that, but you're so reserved and very like oh, oh my god this guy's gonna snap sometime uh, who's he gonna snap on that's and awesome. it was it was just very well thought out the dialogue was good um you know little things like of of her what's her character's name again becky becky yeah <laughs> becky, i just fucking that's in the title you idiot um <laughs> no but becky becky like you know she's in this scene and she's 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 a waitress and this guy says darling and kind of belittles her and she's looking at him like huh and then she slits his throat in a certain way i don't want to give anything away which i just did but then you realize it's just in her mind that idea yeah. and you're like oh but it's so vicious and you think things are going to happen you're like oh this is going to happen and it doesn't and when it gets going like if you like movies like there's this movie sisu that I, I love that i saw the trailer for that it's, it's looks brilliant awesome. it's brilliant okay. and this has this it's in the same vein it's in the same vein as that. It's in the same vein of Nobody with Bob Odenkirk, who I love, who he came on the podcast. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but that looked great. Ah, oh, dude. And it's like, it's just really fun to watch. And it's got some shocking moments and some hilarious moments. Thank and, you, man. And the lead characters, it, she's she's so good and she's likable. She's so good. It really, thank you for saying, I'm so glad that you I swear I wouldn't way, say it. I felt the same way when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, um, you know, for me, I think I only shot for like one week and, and all my stuff is in one location. So there's so much that they shot that I didn't see. And um, so it was such a treat to watch. And I was like, holy fuck, everything you just said, it worked. Because, you know, when you're shooting these smaller movies and the movie doesn't look small at all. But um, you never know. Yeah. And you're like, you don't know, you know, you just, and it was one of those experiences, too, that, you know, just creatively and personally, you know, these smaller movies, like was just really fulfilling. You know, you, you're kind of, a, you have a close group of people, like it's a smaller crew. And, um, 
So you go like, all right, well, the experience was fantastic. Um, if it works, then great. But when I watched it, it was everything you just said. It was like, it was such a tight movie. And they, uh, Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote, uh, the writer directors, they nailed the tone. I want to work with them. You tell them, I want to be in a movie with those guys. They know what to, they're, oh, they're, would, they're doing. I will definitely tell them they would love that. They know what they're doing. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if like when they sent you the script, because the script's great, but I bet there's one part of it that you, that's the reason you took the role. Can I say, can I, can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. It's the monologue you tell him about squeezing the guy. Oh yeah. Well, it's a good story to that because, um, yeah. So there's, they sent me the script and I hadn't seen the first Becky and I actually hadn't worked for almost a year because I was doing a TV show and you know how it is. You're like in a weird holding pattern and it kind of fucks you with like other projects and so then this thing came around and, and I had like a little window. And when I read the script, I loved the script. And the, the part, I just, I guess it, it, I couldn't figure out really how, what to do with it. And then it just had some ideas and I wanted to see if they'd be open to hear my ideas and they were. And so, you know, one of them, they had a monologue in there, but I said, what if the guy you know, because with that monologue and you don't have that much time that you spend with this character is like, here's an opportunity to really share who this guy is, create more of a threat um, and get an idea of his history. So it just raises the stakes. And I just said, if he had a, you know, if he was, you know, ex uh, army ranger, um, the, that whole monologue came, it was like a combination of like, you know, it was a real collaboration and I shared these ideas and they were so awesome about it they rewrote that monologue and when i read it, i was like fuck yeah it's like that was it for me and that really informed the rest of the character so it, the character became quite different than what was on the page and yeah. again it was like you know never having a chance to do something like this it was really fantastic to have filmmakers that believed in me and believed in some of these ideas and it made it um that just made it a great experience. And then, you know, to hear, you know, someone like yourself, like liked it, it was a, it was a treat because again, you never like, know. I never anything like this. I know. And you're right about character. It's like a lot of times they'll just have, Oh, these are bad guys. But when you have backstory, when you have backstory um, subtext to a character and you have a little insight to what he can do, it makes everything more every, you just kind of go, Oh, 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 this guy yeah. is, got a dark side and it just doesn't skip by that beat it i love that beat it's it's important for the awesome. movie and yeah. I, yeah it's it's really good i mean there's some great <laughs> lines there's like i always love like when i watch return of the living dead one of my favorite movies it's hilarious and it's dark but like there's all these lines in it that i just remember um and like i there's there's lines like uh you know she says one of the characters says i guess you guess you missed my brain Oh yeah, that's right. And I that's was just great. like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that is that is fucking awesome. You guys have awesome. to see it. I'm but, not going to. Uh, yeah. How about when? Um, uh, sorry to cut you off, but like one of my favorites though is when um, the Twig character, um, when when he's like he's on the ground, he's like, "Don't, don't, don't I, I promise, I'll stop saying bad things about women." Like, I have a kid, <laughs> you know. Please, and and she's just about to kill him. She goes. Oh. What's his name? What's his son's and name? His performances at Courtney Gaines. He's like, it's Adolf. And it was just like, 
Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was a great I'm going to teach one. my son morals. I'm going to teach him. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. make sure he does. He's a good boy. What's your son's name? Adolf? <laughs> like he's raising a Nazi? Yeah, it's I, I died. That's, I mean, there's all, there's so many little gems in there. And it's dark. If you're a horror fan, you're going to love it. If you like comedy, you're going to love it. It's just uh, shot well. The acting is great. I mean, it's like, you know, another one of these things. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the movie Goon. I mean, I know a lot of people are. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Dude, I'm a huge hockey fan. I've played my whole yeah. life. I play every Monday night. I have a friends who are in the NHL. I'm just, I love hockey. And um, that movie was, I, I know why everyone loved it so much. I know I became this cult thing, uh, that's you know, great. and thank you. Did you you play? You must have played hockey, no? No, no. I played baseball, basketball, and football. All my a lot of my friends played hockey, but oh yeah, because the character's not supposed to really have played hockey because you could no. see in the movie. I think he was supposed to be a better skater, though. I don't think he was supposed to be a hockey player, but I just remember when I met with Jay Baruchel and Evan Goldberg and Mike Douse, um, and I fucking lied hard. I was like, "Yeah, I can skate." They're like, "You sure you can skate?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, come on." Grew up in Minnesota. Of course I could skate. <laughs> oh my God. So then we get up to to you know two weeks before we're supposed to start shooting the the movie. And I did um we had skate, you know, camp. And then when they saw me and I was like ankle skating, I I I don't even think they were so nice to not even say like, what the fuck? I it just I think there was just like a quiet understanding of like, oh, I guess we're gonna have to tweak the character a little bit. Because the only time I could stop is if I skated right into the boards. So they just incorporated that into the character. But kind of worked for it, I think. But those scenes, like the scenes with, what's his name, uh, Lee of Schreiber, yeah. um, just incredible. You both like go toe-to-toe. You're such different personalities in the movie, but you're both so tough. And I mm-hmm. buy it, and there's this just – it's just such a – if you haven't seen Goon, I, I don't know where you are because – it's another one, but I, I, but it's funny because, you know, somebody goes, Michael Rosamond first, they say, you know, who's that? Uh, but you know, but I will say, you know, they'll say, oh, this, but you have so many moments in so many good movies. Like the scene in old school is one of the, if not my favorite moment in the movie and most people's that's awesome. That man. movie Thank with you. Will Ferrell. And it's just like, um, you know, when you get these opportunities and you're on the set with Will Ferrell. I guess those nerves are coming in, right? You're 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 definitely like, oh my god, I got to be good. I got to be fucking great. I got how many takes yeah. do you do with, on something like that? Oh man. Also, Vince Bond was on set too, so it was like, oh god, holy shit, man! You got these two giants. You know, they're like, I don't want to let these guys down. But that that was hard um, to not. I think that what helped me to not fuck up takes was. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I did want to disappoint Will. I didn't want to screw up what he was doing. Yeah. So tried to stay in it. Um, but the good thing was that my character 
is entertained by what remember i think he because i think once he shoots himself in the neck with a dart i'm like that's fucking awesome that's, and yeah. so i was able to at least if i if i had to play it straight that would have been impossible because he was adding stuff he was adding like you know i like you but you're crazy and then the <laughs> line that he added that it kind of gets lost as he walks away and he's like so tired yeah yeah i'm so tired <laughs> i'm so tired Dude, it's That's so cool. funny that I mean, I want to watch that scene again. You know what I'm talking about, Ryan? Of course. It's just one of the most memorable scenes in comedy history, and you're it's fucking- just shocking too because you don't you don't expect the gun to go off. You know, he's kind of looking at it, and yeah. Oh, what, what what did you say to him? You go, "That's fucking awesome." Yeah, yeah, and then and I think. What is he say? Todd Phillips too, right? I mean, he's just like such a brilliant filmmaker, but. Um, and it was his idea, Todd, to like slow down the vocals. But the other line too, like, you better pull that out, man. Pull it out. <laughs> the dirt, you got a fucking dirt in your neck. <laughs> like, so when you shot that, you had no idea it was going to be slow motion. You're like, oh, this no, will be no. kind of funny. And when you saw it, it's a hundred times funnier than it would ever have been. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I thought it was funny, but like, yeah. And when they did that, I was like, it just changed everything. I mean, it's the funniest scene in the movie. Now that I think of it. No, there's I, some funny scenes in that. There but, is yeah. when he's running around naked and blue and yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of great stuff, but that is yeah. just that it's an epic scene. And you know, That's you awesome. went on to host SNL, which is the biggest dream of my life. And as a kid, you probably, I mean, when they asked you to do SNL host it, would you say, what, I mean, obviously you said oh. yes, but what, what was you, what were you feeling? I couldn't, well, it was a mixture of like, again, this is kind of the beginning. And I was like, I was like, couldn't believe it. And then it was full panic. Full panic. <laughs> you know, was like, oh yeah. It was like, holy fuck. Like, I can't believe this. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it. I've never done anything like live TV. Never, you know, I was, oh, I was so, I was, that was the most scared I've ever been. But it was after a few weeks after 9-11. And I remember my friend, my best friend saying like, Cause I was like, I'm, we were, I think we were doing press for like one of the, the second American pie movie. And I was so like nervous about SNL. And he's like, listen, there has never been a more important time to try to make people laugh. So I just leaned into that, but that whole week, I don't think I ate any, I didn't eat anything. I was so stressed. But then when, when we did it, that, you know, you do, I think two performances, one's taped a little bit earlier. And then you just, like you say, there's only two ways to go. Either commit or you're in this awful like limbo world where you're making the entire country uncomfortable because they can see your fear. <laughs> but um, yeah, 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 it was an incredible experience. But yeah, I couldn't believe it. Still I mean, can't believe to do it. you know, and isn't maybe I'm wrong, but isn't like Will Ferrell, the greatest Will Ferrell moments, isn't your moment in there on his the best? One of them. Yeah, because, oh, my God, like. <laughs> when we did the rehearsal for it, I think like the dress rehearsal. Yeah. It's in the office scene. Right. And he's like wearing a patriotic, like the flag uh, or whatever. Yeah. Like, but they're like speedos, I think. Yeah. And um, when we did the dress rehearsal, he, he propped his leg up and you can see his balls his leg the inside of his leg was like all like a raw steak. It was fucking crazy. And, Cause he was training for a marathon, I think. And he got, he chafed. 
<laughs> and so when we did the thing on, on uh, live TV, his balls were out. I mean, he was balls were there. His, he had a weird raw steak leg. It was really hard to not. And you don't I, see I, that on film. You don't see any of that. No, no, no but, but I think that's why. I mean, also, he's hilarious. So, but that, if you watch that scene, I think Horatio is laughing. Amy Poehler's in it. Like, so I think part of it is like his little ball was like, I'm sorry, I'm not saying Will has a little ball, but like no, you know, his, no. ball, but his like, balls were hanging out. Of his just hands, saying yeah. hello. You know, I, I, I remember when I was a kid, this is a complete non sequitur. I was on the couch with my dad and he just was swimming and he had these little blue trunks on. And he was just sitting there watching the Mets sitting on a towel. And I looked over and I saw one of his shiny balls. <laughs> and I just remember going, dad, one of your balls is hanging out of your pants. And instead of going, Jesus Christ, he fucking turned it on me. He got so mad. He blew up. He goes, you get the, you know, go to your, go to your fucking room. Get out of here. You animal. Get out. They are not your balls. It was like, it was That's the funniest response. Dude, I was like, what? Why are you yelling at me? There were your balls hanging in your pants. She'll get out of here. That's fucking funny. <laughs> I swear to God, my dad was so like. What did you feel afterwards? Did you go inside in your room? You're like, I go, what did I fucking. I remember going upstairs. No, I remember. And I clo- slammed my door and the lock always fell off. The handle always fell off. Cheap shit. And I remember going, I'm going to get off camera. This. What did I do? Did he respond? No, I came down like two hours later and he didn't make eye contact me the rest of the day. And it was weird, but he was weird like that. He's really like, you know, he didn't like to talk about private parts. didn't like to talk. I never saw him naked, nor would I want to. I never like, there's a lot of stuff. It was just, my parents were very kind of closed off. They didn't share that stuff. They didn't, you know, but if something was with me, they would fucking throw it at me. You know, like my grand, (laughs) my, 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 my grandpa Lou had this giant sack like, uh, I don't know if it was elephantitis or whatever, but uh, I remember in the car with him on the ride. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I remember on the car ride home with my parents back to Indiana. I go, hey, dad, what's with Grandpa Lou's balls? He goes, show some respect for your grandfather. And then I go, sorry. And my mom goes, it's not even his grandfather. She's like on Valium and stuff. And she's like, it's not even his. I go, what? My dad's like, don't let's not talk about this. What are you doing? And my mom's like. When your grandmother was young, her father left her, and then Lou came into the picture. Big ball Lou. And I go, I go, oh, sweet. So he's not my biological. Okay, so I'm not going to get these big nuts. That was my fear, that I was going to get these big balls. Wait, wait have, you, have, have you done anything with, with your family? I mean, this story is hilarious. Have you oh, I, need, I, I write all this stuff down, but this is going to be in my yeah. graphic novel for sure. Either that or it's going to be in a movie. It's like Because my parents yeah, growing hilarious. up, you would not believe the shit that I went through. The therapy, you can only imagine. Did you ever go to therapy? I know. Listen, I read, I read that, you know, you're not a private per you're a private person. You don't, you know, and you're very open and cool, but have you, like, we talk about mental health on this podcast and like, you know, the stigma of not going to therapy and all that stuff. We're trying to break that. And have you ever had therapy or have you ever talked to anybody? Yeah. You know what? Um, a while ago, actually after filming goon, I was like, I, I had well, before Goon, I had lost my dad and my dad passed away. And then other family members, like four or five family members passed away. Like, I mean, in a short period of time, it was like a year or two years. And I'm like a, you know, very upbeat, positive, optimistic person. And, and when that happened, it was like, 
I I was so, I mean, I obviously was just devastated. And then I just thought I'd lost, like, how am I ever going to get that um, joy for life back? You know, and I always thought like, I don't need to talk to anybody because I know I'm sad, you know, like, what am I going to just repeat what I know? And then finally, I was like, I really needed to talk to, I, I really needed grief counseling um, because it wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't okay. And it, I mean, it just, it brought, you know, I got kind of my life back, you know? So, but yeah, I'm a big advocate for, for talking to therapists and professionals because it really, it helped me a lot. Yeah. That's all. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's just, it just, it opens the door for a lot of people who are, you know, listening and they, um, you know, my dad's one of them. He just won't go to therapy. I, I remember I lost my, uh, uh, sister. She, she was, she was very sick her whole life. So she was, she grew up in a children's hospital pretty much. And, um, you know, it was always a matter of when is she going to pass? Because we knew it was just, it was one of those things she could have, she should have died when she was born that sick, but yeah. she didn't. And, um, when she finally passed, um, you know, my dad, I've never seen him a mess and it, it broke my heart. And I remember saying, Hey, listen, uh, you know, you should think about therapy. It's like, Oh, you, you think anybody can relate? Uh, losing a daughter and I go not to be an asshole but yeah uh, people lose daughters and sons and families and planes and all this stuff you're not alone and like if you go talk to someone you'll see that and it might it might help you help my friend Chris when he lost his mom like exponentially and so you know but it's for some people it's that old school mentality they're like I think they're sh yeah. they feel shame or whatever and it's silly it's silly it's like you know if if you're sad and you can't deal with it and you're not figuring it out, if you talk to someone who trains their whole life to, to, you know, help you through things, you might want to just give it a shot. <laughs> Sometimes well, yeah, a run exactly. isn't enough. Yeah. That was my thing. I was like, I, <clears throat> I know that I'm sad. Cause I'm like, I obviously like my mom, you know, suggests like, maybe it's, maybe you could benefit from talking to somebody. And I was like, I already know how I feel. And then I remember the first meeting with the grief counselor. I was like, uh, I was healing just that one meeting, you know? So I think it maybe takes just for somebody who needs some help. Um, the one, that one experience, because um, then all of a sudden they could realize like, Oh, it's also being able to share things with somebody who's um, not connected to you, you know, who's independent and obviously, you know, experience and a professional yeah yeah no i love i love that you opened up about that that's really cool look you've done so much i mean i can go on about like you know dude where's my car which was a big success and the final destinations and dukes of hazard which was actually a huge success that actually that made a lot of freaking dukes of hazard huh we like to, we like to johnny Knoxville and i you'd like to call it the dicks of hazard the dicks of hazard <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I work with Bo Duke. He was my uh, Clark Kent's father on on Smallville. You know, Bo oh, Duke, the guy who played with John Schneider. Yeah, that's awesome, John Schneider. Great. But um, like I'm looking over here, it's like you know, your voice crash and Ice Age, and you're constantly working. You've done so much, and you know, we'd have to we have to just bring it up. But Stifler, an American Pie franchise, is that something? Do you still get? offers for them like hey we got another idea we got another idea do they still throw that at you or is that kind of doesn't you're you're not interested in that anymore you know what um no i i think i love that character i i for a while though i was like uh especially after the last one we, we filmed in like 2011 or 12 and 
I was like, okay, this is a great bookend to this character. You know, um, I didn't think, I didn't think it'd be fun to play the character again. And then as time went on, I was like, and as the world has changed and I thought yeah. that seeing that character today, um, could be really interesting. And uh, we've started, I, I saw Jason Biggs not long ago, we shot a commercial. Um, and this is like a couple of weeks ago. And we were just kind of talking about some ideas because we thought it would have to be, it would have to be a perfect idea. It would have to, you know, because obviously so much has changed. Comedies have changed. And, but I think I, th the thing about that character too, is that when it comes to comedies, like that character allowed me to do so much. You know, you could be, he could <clears throat> like say so many things that were inappropriate, but yet you still kind of loved him. And there was like physical comedy and all sorts of stuff that I don't really get a chance to do with other characters. So even just selfishly, you know, I think that would be fun, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they'll ever, because I just, yeah, I think the comedies have changed so much that that movie would have to change and adapt and, you know, be more relatable. Um, so we'll see. Maybe Stifler has an identity or a gender identity crisis. And he's like, That's I think, I, I think, so, and then your friends are like, are you out of your freaking mind? You're a man whore. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> That's the movie. You just, you just cracked the code. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a million ideas out there, but um, <laughs> dude, it's, it's so awesome talking to you. And I mean, it's like, you know, it, it's endless and it's like, you know, then talking to you, it, what a great guy you are. And this movie Man. But, but by the way the rock dwayne johnson do you like have him on speed dial do you like can you talk call him whenever you want i wish no I, not, no nothing. i haven't i haven't spoken to him in a while but i mean obviously i watch all his movies but you know that's another one of those those like moments where i always tell someone i can't believe i got to work with the guy twice actually on southland tales but um man that was one of the best experiences shooting the rundown that was awesome who who have you been uh intimidated by or when they come on set as an actor that you've worked with that you're in awe or enamored or is your idol or anybody a lot i mean um <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah i'm always intimidated <laughs> no but like yeah i remember like billy bob's i mean and these are all incredible people but if, when you know first meeting them is like Susan Sarandon and Billy Bob Thornton on Mr. Woodcock or Christopher Walken in the rundown, um, Julianne Moore, David Duchovny and evolution, um, Dan Aykroyd and evolution. I mean, there's, you know, the rock, uh, like, yeah, there's been so many big stars that, um, Chow Yun Fat on Bulletproof Monk, you know, where I'm just yeah. like, uh, and usually for the most part, there's always a part of me that's, you know, cause I'm a film fan. So, you know, throughout the experience of shooting those movies, I was still always just like kind of nervous. <laughs> well, you did a movie that was produced by Keanu Reeves. Was he ever on set? Did you ever get to talk to him? No, never Damn. met him. I know. Bummer. Hey, Sean, great job. Really love the movie. I, I, I can imagine. Do you do impressions? Do you do impressions? You <clears throat> no, have to. I'm terrible. How? You know, I don't know, but I actually, every once in a while, like the random, not people, but uh, like, like Elmo, Gollum, you know, those weird. Those creatures. are good. Yeah. I can't do it right now. I, I, I no, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to do, I'm not going to ask you to do uh, Elmo or that. I mean, if you did a Nicholson yeah. or something, I'd ask, I'm not gonna you. ask you to do Elmo, dude. You don't want a clip of you going, Hey, 
everybody. You don't want it, you don't want that clip. You'll throw up Career on the screen. Right I there. wouldn't want to put it in the podcast. It's just like you know, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Let's cut that, Ryan. Let's cut the Elmo <laughs> thing. It's cool, but not you know, we don't want. We don't want well, it's not it. cool. It's not cool, Ryan. We're gonna we're gonna make Sean look good. We want him to be look, you know. And um, how do you stay healthy? By the way, do you uh, do you work out a lot? Do you run a lot? Do you? I mean, what is it that you, you keep in? Uh, how do you keep in shape? I'm, you know, I, um, road bike. I'm one of those guys, you know, like the, uh, it's funny. Cause I, like I the remember BMX you know, I, dirt, like kind of on the, you know, like the skinny, like road bikes, just like you see, are you, do you live in California? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I know you see PCH. And so I, I used to like make fun of them. They'd all wear like the same little outfits and stuff. And they're like weird bikes. And, um, and then, you know, my buddy introduced me to it and I was like, holy shit. Uh, I love it. So I'm wearing the outfit. I got the weird, you know, butt padded, like onesie thing. And um, so that's my thing now. <laughs> I don't have a good enough body. I wouldn't do it. They go that they think I was Gollum seriously in that tight suit <laughs> or like, what's his name? Uh, who, who uh, Andy circus in that, you know, when, when he's doing all the movement, uh, this is called <laughs> shit talking with Sean William Scott. Um, <clears throat> this is rapid fire. These are my patrons top tier. They're loyal. They're going to, they're going to love you. Cause you're awesome. Uh, but, uh, patreon.com slash inside you. If you want to get back to the podcast, keep it going. Rosie, have you ever been struck starstruck by someone you have worked with? We, we mentioned that, but who's the biggest one? Who's the one that you're like, that oh. I've worked with. Yeah, man, Sean, say me. It was me. I was going to say Christopher Walken for sure. Yeah. He was yeah. intimidating. Cause uh, he's also, I mean, he's just awesome, but he's, uh, he's also intimidating. He is. He is yeah. intimidating. Oh yeah. I remember, uh, I just would watch him on set when he was working on this movie, Pool Hall Junkies, I did this little independent. And I, I remember just the way he said lines, on, like the line was, they're playing pool. And he says, you know, they're, they're gambling. And he goes, you know, bet it all. And he goes, and then Walken says, how about the ring, Joe? He says, how about the ring? He wants his ring. And, and Paul and Terry says, the ring? You want the ring? And I remember walking, if you read the line, it would have been like, well, you said it, Joe, bet it all. You said it. And he goes, you said it, Joe, bet it all. <laughs> I'm like, just, so just the way you said it, Joe, <clears throat> bet it all. Just the, it goes down. It goes up. It's just like, what the fuck is he doing? And it's genius. And he's like, he was weird. He was weird, but I loved him. But he fucked with me hard on the, the rundown. Well, um, what did he do? There, there's three times that I remember the one I've told the story before, but like, I remember just walking off from set and, and I saw him like standing in front of his trailer and he just kind of looked sad. And I was like, man, I can't Christopher Walken looking sad by his trailer. So I <laughs> walked over to him and, and I, and forgive me, cause I have, I have told the story before, but it, it, it helps with the other ones. But like, I didn't know what to call him, like Chris or Christopher. Wait a minute. So I just, I, I, I told this story. They happened to me. Is it what about the Flash? Yeah. Did you say Did you say his full name? Yes. I said, I, I swear to God. I said, are you, go tell the story. Tell it. Sorry for interrupting. But it's oh, no, 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 no. But that, yeah, I, I saw I would always call him Christopher Walken. Did you call him Christopher Walken? Nope. Tell your story. Start over. Okay. I'm going to cut that out. Cut that out, Jason. I interrupted. Okay, I'm an asshole. <laughs> say it again. Okay. Go ahead. No, no. So, so I walked up to him and I was like, Hey, Christopher Walken, are you okay? And he goes, I can't do his voice, so I'll just do mine. But he's like, Yeah, you know, 
I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little sad. You know, it's my birthday. So I'm like, holy shit, dude, it's your birthday. We fucking got to get these people to get you a cake or something. He's like, no, 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 I don't want a cake. I'm just kidding. It's not my birthday. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, it's not my birthday. I was like, what the fuck? Wait. And then like an hour later, I hear people singing happy birthday and bringing him a cake. Oh no. He, what he said was, he goes, he goes, it's not my, I didn't I didn't say we got to get him a cake. He goes, when he admitted it wasn't his birthday, he goes, no, it's not my birthday. But he goes like, I bet you if I told people it was, they'd bring me a cake. So that's when like an hour later, I heard people singing happy birthday and bringing him a cake. And he looks, you know, past it and he gets, he winks at me. I'm like, what the fuck? So the second thing that happened was he came over to me. We were on set and, and Dwayne was on set and he goes, just walks up to me and he'd always go, Hey dude. And, and I was like, Oh, hi, Christopher Walken. He goes, do you know where I can get a, a nice steam? And I was like, um, a, a steam. He goes, yeah, I would like to get a nice steam. So I said, yeah, hold, hold on a second. I went up to Dwayne and I go, Hey dude, um, Christopher Walken wants a steam. Do you know where, where he could get that? He's like, fuck am I supposed to know where to get a steam? I go, sorry, you're right. So then somebody told me of like a spa. Um, I go, um, Christopher Walken. Um, there's a place called Burke Williams. And apparently they have, you know, a place where you could get a nice steam. And he goes, do you think there'd be a lot of pretty men there? And I'm like, um, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. <laughs> like, and he looked at me and he winked and he walked away. And I was like, so then like, like a couple of weeks later, he walked up to me and he goes, the Rolling Stones are playing this October. I'm like, holy shit. Hold on a sec. I go up to Dwayne. Go, dude, Christopher Walken wants to go to the Rolling Stones with us. They're playing this October. And Dwayne looks at me and goes, um, dude, it's it's November. And, <laughs> and then I went over to Christopher. And then he looked at me and he winked and he just walked away. That's what he would do all the time. He was just he was fucking like, with Sean William Scott. But the funniest part is Christopher Walken. Like, who, the yeah. fact that you're calling Christopher Walken. With me, it was just quick. He, I went up to him. I said, I was nervous. Should I call you Mr. Walken? Should I call you um, uh, Chris? He goes, I don't know. He goes, call me Flash. No and, way. And then he walked away. And the next day, I tell the story many times, and I just said, hey, to my friend Anson. I go, Anson, watch this. Hey, Flash, nothing. Flash, nothing. Finally, he turns around and goes, what? Are you talking? What are you talking and walked away. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, so you did the same thing with you. He messed Yeah, he with fucked you. with me too, but he fucked with you a lot more. Hard. Yeah. He fucked he fucked you hard. That didn't that didn't <laughs> sound right. Uh real quick, Stone Age. Uh hey Sean, Dukes of Hazard is one of my all-time favorite movies. What's your experience working on the film? How fun was it worked to work with Johnny, Jessica, Willie Nelson? Big fan. That's awesome. Um, it was a ball. Also, Burt Reynolds was it was amazing. Man, he's a legend. So it was one of the most fun experiences I've had. And um, Johnny Knoxville is just uh, one of the best. He's a great guy. I think my my buddy Dax actually said, because uh, I used to call, we used to call him like burnt rentals. Like just, the, just not, not, for not, no other reason than instead of burnt re- rentals. Burnt rentals? We say, hey, burnt <laughs> rentals. So he was working with him like a lot. And they were working a lot together. And finally one day he goes, burnt rentals. What's up? He goes, yeah, don't, don't call me that again. 
<laughs> and that was it. <laughs> he, was like, he thought he could just do it. He was like, no. Uh, Lex, during the filming of Jackass 3D, did any of those guys prank you off camera? No, but I was I was ready for it. But I think because I was I, I gained a bunch of weight for Goon, and they didn't know that. So I think that they all looked at me like, oh, poor guy, you know, he's kind of chunky. So I think it helped me to, you know, otherwise I think they probably would have done something nasty. I've been in better shape. Did he, did Johnny ever play any kind of prank on you? Or did, I mean, is there any kind of fun story that you haven't told that, that you just, is, you can't tell? <laughs> he, I, I think it was, I kind of made it, I, th- I think I told him right in the beginning, like, I really please don't like. Fuck with me. Just don't do anything to me. <laughs> I, right. like, I don't want to be stressed out. I'm trying to do a good job in this movie, but I don't want to be thinking like, Something fucked up is going to happen. He was very respectful to that. But I, I I don't know why I keep thinking this one moment, but we were shooting at somebody's farm. <laughs> and, and he was like the family from the farm that owned the farm were kind of watching uh, us shoot this scene. And they were standing kind of off the side. And there was like big family. It was like the grandpa, the dad, the mom, the kids. And so Johnny walks over by them. And I kind of saw him standing next to next to the whole family. And then I looked away and I hear this, Sean, and look over. And he's got his ball stretched out through his, his pants. But nobody can nobody knows. The family doesn't know. So they're just all standing. <laughs> and he's just <laughs> looking at him. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's not even shocking to hear at all. But it's brilliant. <laughs> It was so great. And he like stretched it out. He oh just let it dangle God. there. And I was like, anything it just for me, just for me to, you know, feel uncomfortable and you know, laugh. Check out my bubble gum, Sean. Check out my <laughs> bubble gum. My bubble gum balls. You know, it's funny as I remember we wrote this movie uh uh like years ago, 10 years ago, and we had all these people attached, and I oh and I always wanted you as the role. And we could it, the movie ended up not getting made. We were in prep and we were scouting, but I always wanted you as the lead. I was directing it. It was like John Heater and Seth Green and uh Swartz oh, sorry, and a bunch. It was what happened you, with it? Uh we never made it, but it was called Sorry Is for Sissies, and it's about a guy who was a bully in high school, but he then gets expelled but changes his whole life and he's like this newfound guy but nobody knows him he just leaves town and this guy's sister is marrying him and and he hasn't met the guy because you know he hasn't seen his sister in a while and they go back to this one and he goes he realizes this is the guy that picked him you're marrying on the guy who picked on tortured me and my friends and he blackmails the guy to go on a road trip of redemption to apologize to everybody he met he tortured or or you know whatever or, That's a great idea. or he's going to tell his sister everything. So the guy mm. goes, hey, your brother and I are going on this road trip with his other friend. And it's just hijinks out the ass of a road trip of craziness. And the kid has no intention of ever like letting his sister marry this guy, which you find out. But he finally proves himself in a way. But it's it was ridiculous. That's a great idea. What happened? Why did you make it? We just never we just never can get it financed again. We had it financed. We lost the financing. But we loved it. And I always said sean william scott like that guy could play fucking dark as you see the past and he could see the the comedic part but he's the straight guy but he's like it's just but that you were the guy i swear to god man, thanks for thinking of me i wish we had done that movie you could uh, still make that movie it's i still know sorry it's for sissies man but i always remember 
I and I didn't <laughs> wasn't thinking about it till just now. And that's I go, oh my like, god, modern. that's right. My my other writing partners were like, that's the guy. I'm like, what about me? <laughs> You know, but uh, dude, this has been epic. I can't thank you enough. Um, thank Rath, you. Thanks yeah. for having me on, man. It's been so much fun. I'm really grateful. Yeah. And uh, Wrath of Becky is is going to be streaming everywhere. You have to see it. It's dark. It's funny. It's it's a performance I haven't seen in you. And I'm like, you're so capable of doing really anything. And thank you should you, you should be doing everything in and everything anything. And uh, what else are you doing? Are what what show are you doing now? Well, by the way, thank you so much for everything you said. I really, it means a hell of a lot. I, I mean it, buddy. I mean it. I mean yeah, it. Yeah, no, you do it. Man, it's a huge compliment. I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you. Um, I'm doing, well, I did a TV show. I don't know if they're going to do a third season, but it's uh, Paul Feig produced it called uh, Welcome to Flash. But you know, what's interesting is like, I actually, because you were talking about movies that I've done, but I haven't really done much uh, over the last like, six plus years because a lot of the stuff that has been sent to me is like not oh, great and i'm like i'd rather not i'd rather just pick things that i feel you know i could be proud of but now um it's it's a kind of a moment in my career that i've never had where there's a few things that are really all very interesting and and allow me a few different projects that allow me to you know do different you know, show a different side, you know, kind of like Wrath of Becky that you never know with these movies, you know, there's four things that are lined up and none of them could happen. But um, so we'll see. But right now I'm just like, I'm happy to be in a movie that I'm actually proud of. Yeah. And I'm actually really happy and proud that I liked it as well. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I am because you know, it wasn't one of the fun comfortables. Not, it was not fun comfortable. It was entertaining from the beginning to the end. I liked everybody, the performances. It's shocking. It's, uh, I know, like, I'm thinking about like some of my patrons who like love horror movies too. And I'm like, Raj, you're going to love this. And, you know, it's definitely a horror movie. It's, it's not a horror movie. It's like this dark, dra- dramatic comedy. It's almost it's a horror, but it's got that horror element in it because there's some yeah. gruesome stuff, but it's it's warranted. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, but it's really cool. So, yeah, it's like, you know what? It, um, it kind of is like it's like if if uh, Uma Thurman from Kill Bill had a kid with John Wick. Right. And it's a, it's because wow. it's got like a, it's almost like a little bit of a 16 year old Kill Bill vibe. And a little bit of Edgar Wright kick ass. You know, I think that's yeah. what the filmmakers were kind of going for. But yeah, so I think I, 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 I 100% see that. But uh, Wrath of Becky and uh, continued success, man. I hope you come back on Thanks another time. I'll, I'll bug Camellia. Next time you have a project, you got to come on and talk about it or whatever. I'd love to sit with you again. This is great. That would be great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Great guy. I couldn't believe how he just so he's so nice and he's private and he opened up a little for sure, but he was just really kind, just a kind guy. He was just like, yeah, yeah. You know, just, you know, just having a conversation and, and, um, uh, it's, it's nice. I mean, he's, he's had a great career and he's done a lot and you saw that he wanted to change it up a bit after American pie and he was getting cast in a lot of roles. We talk about the Will Ferrell scene and, yeah. um, old school. Mm-hmm. Right, it was old school where he uh, uh, he's uh, get, uh, he shoots Will Ferrell shoots himself with the tranquilizer in the neck, and he's like, "Oh my God, was that bad?" 
and everything gets slow motion. She's like, oh my God. It's so funny. It's one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen anywhere. You have to see. You haven't seen Old School? No. Watch that scene on YouTube at least. It's amazing. Will do. Um, thanks for listening. As you know, I'll be in Montreal with Tom Welling doing a small the nights, Montreal. Get your tickets this weekend. Um, the 15th, 14th, 15th, 16th, that weekend, which is this coming weekend because this airs Tuesday. And uh, make sure you listen to the podcast, spread the word, subscribe. If you are if you enjoyed this one, I appreciate it. Patreon.com slash inside you to support the podcast and keep us going if you're, if you're digging this. And right now, without further ado, why don't we get into the uh, top tier patrons? This is another perk. You get your name read off. And we're also doing some more perks for patron that Bryce and I are working on to make it even more appealing and give back a little more. Someone asked me, do you write the little notes that you every couple of months, the boxes? I'm like, yeah, of course I write. Who would write that? I write them and I, I, it's not just like, Hey, thanks. Bye, Michael. It's like, I write a note to each person. Yeah. You guys matter. You matter to me. All right, here we go. And me, Nancy D Leah K little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, J. There's it's Brandenburg. Robert. Oh, hang on. What did I say in the beginning? Robert. Brandenburg, I think. I said Brandenburg. I believe that's it. Yeah, good. Uh, support that guy. Jason W, Sophie M, Jason Weaver, Dreamweaver, Raj C. I'll never pronounce your last name, Raj. I just won't never be able to do it. Raj Chakawani. Joshua D, Jennifer N, Stacy L. What was that song? Stacy's mom has got it going Stacey's on. Stacy's mom has got it going on. Yes, she does. Jamal F, Janelle B, Mike E, El Dan Suprema, 99 more, San Diego M, San Diego, waiting for my sorority boys um, statues and my Lex Luthor statue. You're amazing. Thanks for all the hard work. Um, he he helped make these little uh, inside of you figurines of me we still have like five online on the inside of you online source it's me he made the little the little glasses come off whoa and details uh, details and then he did the busts that are amazing the lex luther busts yes i've seen that see that big one yeah those are wild well he he made smaller ones that are dope with a little smallville box like luther corp just like that though as detailed there's only one left so it might be sold by the time this is over chad w leanne p maya p Got me a Red Bull once at a convention because I was tired. Very nice, yeah. Maya. Maddie S, Belinda, and Dave Hall. Hello, Michael. It's Dave Hall. I've heard you guys. I love Dave Hall. <laughs> I've heard you guys love Dave Hall. I love Dave Hall. Sheila G. Brad D, Ray Harada, Tab of the T, Tom and Talia and Betsy D. We're going to be doing a Zoom soon. Uh, Zooms, you can get Zooms on the Sunspin band.com or sunspin.com you can get all sunspin merch our albums are up and on vinyls available autographed on the sunspin.com remind me to say that to add to the beginning Corey k dev nexon michelle a angel emory n and c jeremy c brandy d yavor what for yavar joey m eugene and leah I still owe them something. Their baby was crying at a thing at the con, uh, Smallville Nights, and I had to kick kick them out. Yeah. Well, Eugene stayed and let Leah suffer with the baby. Corey, <laughs> Heather L. Shout out, Leah. <laughs> shout out. 
Talia, Jake B, Angela F, Mel S, Caroline R, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M, Tim L, Oracle, Amanda R, Jen B, Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jorel, Jamin J, Leanne J, Luna R, Mike F, Stone H, Brian L, Aaron R, Kendall L, Meredith I, Kara C, Jessica B, Kyle F, we got Marisol, wonderful Marisol P, and wonderful Andrew M, and Estevan G, Kaylee J, Brian A, Ashley F, Marion Louise L, Romeo the Band, Veronica Q, Frank B, Jen T, Nikki L, and April R. Thank you, guys. Thank you, newcomers. Thank you, oldcomers. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for sure. Uh, and that's all I really have to say. Thank you, patrons. Patreon.com slash Inside Jason. Thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Always a pleasure. From Michael Rosenbaum in the Hollywood Hills of California. I'm Jason Elkin. Ryan Tez. <laughs> is not here. Ryan not Tez here. is not Ryan here. Tez. We love you. A little wave to the camera. We love you. Be good to yourself. We'll see you later. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.